You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. I am Leo. With me in the studio tonight is Soyla and hello. engineer Sarah. And we have a special guest, comedian Mr. Lorraine. Hi. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? Thanks for coming on. Good to be here. As ever in the first slot of every week, what has mildly annoyed you or made you a little bit perhaps happy this week or just okay? Something that made me very pleased just before the show, there's a, a publication or an organisation I've talked about quite frequently mm. called Vox. And I really like their work. I like their journalism. You I did like turn up to Resonance one day and was like, I know what I want to do. I want to make Vox explain. Yeah, <laughs> I just love it. And so I was reading an article and I was just kind of perusing the, the site. And I noticed in an article that um, they had, you know, when you can embed tweets yeah. into an article and it just appears. Mm. They had done that with some of my photos that I tweeted about I the climate so cool. strike and I was like yes thank well you yeah I was really pleased with that officially a photographer now <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I'm not joking it's they're using your reporting I think it's really cool yeah I've also got in this plan here bag for periods and I feel like yes. I would be missing a trick if you didn't tell me what that meant <laughs> okay so I could see that my period is on the horizon I was like okay I need to prep by getting so I use a, a menstrual cup but I, as we know, as we know from the <laughs> menstrual cup episode, but um, I also like using panty liners for when they're not thick enough when, yeah. for the menstrual cup. So I went to buy some, although it was said in good intentions. The lady who was serving me said, "Oh, would you like a bag for your sanitary products?" And I was like, "No." I'm fine carrying them down the street. Like <laughs> That um, used to happen all the time. It doesn't happen so much anymore, but it used yeah. to happen uh, all the time. People used to be so embarrassed to give it to mm. you. Yeah, it's the first time it's ever happened to me. So, um, yeah, I was like, well, thank you for asking. I do, I honestly <laughs> genuinely do appreciate you asking, but at the same time, there is no need to ask. Yeah, you can put them in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just carry them. Why not? Yeah, which is what yeah. I did. My frustration, I think, like, cats are the new poo for me. <laughs> <laughs> as in talking about them all the as time. As in, like, every celebration of frustration, it used to always be about poo, and now it's always about cats. <laughs> so um, Hank, who is the cat that moved in with my girlfriend, um, he woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. I could have just woken up naturally, and he was just there meowing mm. really loudly. He really wanted some biscuits, and there were no biscuits, and I got really sad that I wasn't feeding him properly while my girlfriend's away, and I'm a terrible cat mother. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I just set my alarm a bit earlier, go to the shop before work, get him some biscuits to make sure he's got something to eat today. So I did that, and then I, when I poured them in the bowl, he didn't even want them. I just found it was really rude <laughs> on his part. Well, he's a, he's a cat. But I am... He made such a big deal about wanting biscuits in the middle of the night. Like he'd go up to the little bowl and then he'd look at me and then go meow, meow, meow. And then like <laughs> I'd walk into the room and then he'd try and lead me back into the kitchen going meow, meow, meow. Well, I can't wait for the day that you actually move on to talking about cat poo. <laughs> 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 That, that discreet you never see it yeah I still don't know Hank's poo spot like I know Alfie's poo spot but Hank is just it's very secretive there you go I'm from Zimbabwe so uh, in South Africa um, beginning of the week apparently a man was resurrected from the dead a Zimbabwean <laughs> man um, so if you just go on Twitter and hashtag you know the resurrection challenge so we've just been doing the resurrection challenge because it's just so so ridiculous. So this man apparently died on Friday and then they were about to repatriate his body to Zimbabwe, but they drove the van to the church 
and he was resurrected and then he got up and he was eating rice and chicken in the church hall so wow yeah i know is this a celebration (laughs) (laughs) no it's just a ridiculous something that's just so ridiculous but the celebration is we've been enjoying doing the resurrection challenge so yeah i've done it i've had quite good hits so i'll celebrate (laughs) that one (laughs) sarah did you want to contribute a bit of a frustration well just the the weather like as much we all love sunshine right yes i am not complaining about this weather i know you're going to say climate change but just don't just don't no i'm sorry i'm not going to let you get away with this you're not going to get away with that weird there's magnolias out on my street like it's unnatural (laughs) that happens in april and i love a magnolia i love one but not now you should and besides i'm gonna miss yeah. out in april because i'm not gonna be around you oh. should be so fearful of yeah. this weather i i Rice want it to strike <laughs> fear in you it's it 22 should. degrees it should in be February. this warm it should be minus Unnatural. two well we'll do a show about climate change soon so yeah. uh anywho <laughs> i'm not saying climate change isn't a thing i'm just saying i'm enjoying the sun i don't want to think about anything else um mr lorraine would you like to say a few verses before we get into your work yeah let's go um Pass me my pen and pad and take me to the highest mountain. Leave me there for days. I've got something to shout out loud. The only way I know how is on paper through rhyme. I've been silent for years. Now is the time for me to break my silent code. Break loose from vocal cords. I've got emotions locked. I'm about to explode. I need to let off steam. Let people see who I be. And get rid of the imposter that has people deceived. Because see, she's a happy clapper. Most times I like to slap her. She just goes with the flow. In these tracks, I need to stop her. That's why nobody knows all the pain that i felt except god but for some reason he won't tell i'll try and spell it out for you in an album or two you need to bear with me please there's nothing else that i can do because i've seen so many things even when young that i couldn't tell mom i need to speak to someone so hear me out thank you thank you thanks for doing that on air um so who is mr lorraine uh, so Mr. Lorraine is a whole bag of trouble. <laughs> so Mr. Lorraine, basically Mr. Lorraine came out of frustrations of trying to deal with, you know, customer services people, especially when, you know, banks and all these other services decided that they didn't want to see the customers, you know, face to face. They'd rather deal with you online or on the phone. So having myself call my bank, having myself call for a service always leads to issues where I'm accused of impersonating you know, the real Lorraine, they'll call me Sir, Mr, etc, etc. If I try and correct them, you know, it doesn't get anywhere. My account gets suspended. I have to go to the bank with my ID to prove myself. You know, the companies that claim they offer cheap insurance to women, my voice suggests I'm a maniac, you know, that sort of thing. So I just thought, you know, I've been called Mr. Lorraine so many times, I might as well just uh, take the name. Embrace it. <laughs> exactly. So... Mr. Lorraine is sort of a male alter ego exactly that you that. use for customer service. <laughs> but but also you are a comedian and you've done yeah. TED Talks and you've shared this alter ego on the stage. So it's kind of become something yeah, it's beautiful become in its own right. Definitely something that I didn't think it would become. So I suppose for me, just discussing my frustrations that I had with friends, somebody just said to me, you know what, you should just do comedy. I thought about it and I just decided, you know, let me try it out because... The comedy is already sort of like the script's already written. I just make a phone call and I get told all sorts. I just write it down and there's your comedy set right there. So speaking of that, I actually have a clip uh, that's on YouTube of a car insurance call that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play uh, the first minute of, but there's a full four minutes online. Shaitan's Wheels, hello? Shaitan's Wheels, hello? 
Aloha, is it the car insurance company? Yes, it is, Sheetal Twins, but it only offers it to, to the women drivers. Yes, I know. Uh, my name is Lorraine. I'd like some insurance for myself, please. Uh, it's got a new car. No, 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 no. No, sorry, sir. So, sir, it is only for women. You only can do it for your, for your women. Yes, I know. My name is Lorraine. I'm a woman, and that's why I'm calling you. I just want insurance. You want to be a woman? No, I'm already a woman. My name is Lorraine. You say you no, offer. You must be the person who has the insurance. You cannot be calling on behalf of your wife or your girlfriend or your mistress. Could you put on the line, please? No, I'm sorry, but you don't seem to understand me. I'm repeating. My name is Lorraine. I'm a woman. And I don't know why you keep calling me sir. I don't know why. I never told you I was a man, did I? Oh, sorry, sorry, sir. What do you want me to call you? No. So that, that was the first minute. There's, there's more online and it is equally hilarious. So can you tell us a bit more about that phone call? So that was just a, a little sketch I did for my Edinburgh show last year, which was self-entitled. So it was just, you know, um, just acting out what really happens in real life, where if I call about anything, you know, people automatically think that I'm a man. I, I do appreciate that my voice is quite deep. But then every time I try and correct them, they start arguing with me, you know, that I'm lying, I'm not the real Lorraine, or they'll ask me security questions, you know, my name, date of birth, etc. And when I get those right, I'm told I get those wrong. So it's just like that frustration. I just thought, you know, let's just put a phone call, make it comedy, but it's actually real life and real frustrations, you know. I've had moments when I've been led almost to tears about the whole issue. And some of the issues seem minor to somebody, but for me, they're real. And if it's something that you have to encounter day in, day out, and you have to correct people, but they don't believe you, it's quite frustrating. So what what sort of things have happened beyond the car insurance one? <clears throat> so um, two things. Um, I once had a breakdown, so like rush hour, I needed to take my daughter to school. So I made arrangements to sort her out. And I was back at my car, so I called the RAC um, um, I got accounting with them so the lady on customer services kept calling me sir I kept trying to correct it but then I thought you know what what was more important was to get the mechanic coming to me so when the mechanic was on his way he called me to get my exact location and then he wanted to speak to Lorraine the account holder I told him you're speaking to Lorraine and he says you know look mate you know I'm having a busy day I know you're a bloke you better have ID when I get there needless to say when we're face to face there was no need for ID and one that really sort of like sticks with me is uh, my bank account had been suspended. So I went into the bank uh, to resolve the matter, but then I wasn't allowed to speak to anyone in the bank. They pointed the customer services phone to me. So I phoned customer services and they failed me security. And they told me that I had to go to the bank, but I was already in the bank. So I handed over my uh, particulars to one of the workers. So these two people started having this conversation about me. And, you know, I didn't, couldn't hear what they were saying, but I imagined it was like, you know, can you check is she a woman? Because this woman looked at me up and down from the corner of her eye, and she was like, oh, yes, it's a woman. And then I'm sure you probably said, you know, are you really, really sure? Because she was staring at my breasts for like five seconds long, and they're always comfortable for me. And then after that, they just terminated the call. They laughed about whatever. And I was just told, oh, yes, it's fine. You can use your account. And I just marched out of that bank with, a with my tail between my legs. I just sat in my car not knowing what to do because I'd complained before and I knew if I was going to complain, I'll just get, oh, sorry. And then they'll say, oh, we'll do something about it. And nothing ever happens. So that's really, really sticks to me to this day. It's it's horrible to hear. I um, I did a call out on Twitter on this topic. And actually one of my close friends, uh, she's in a couple, they're both women. 
Um, and she says both of them get misgendered on the phone yeah, and they yeah. both take different approaches. So one of them always goes along with it. Yeah, My yeah. friend is always like, sure, I'm a man until it starts getting into difficult territory <laughs> because of things that you mention. Uh, but her partner gets really angry, always complains until they formally apologize. Um, and what makes matters more confusing is that one of them has is, is called Alex. So she has a gender yeah, neutral yeah, name. Yeah. And so that it's hard to like make clear that she's a woman yeah, yeah. plus it's a you know it's a minority sexuality so the, the initial assumption is that it isn't that she would be a woman and then on top of that the my, my friend is a doctor and so there you don't have a miss or a missus in front it's just doctor, so yeah. it's just doctor and so there's no assumption yeah. there either um so it just yeah, yeah it sounds like it's not a problem that it's just you know, just you encounter exactly. that lots of people encounter yeah. this and they, maybe there should be some sort of policy on this so that people don't get so, you know, wounded on a daily basis. Exactly. And for me, it always seems like I'm on a spelling test because somebody asks for my name, I say it's Lorraine. They're like, oh, how are you spelling that? And then I spell it. It's like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, what's weird? I always thought Lorraine was a girl's name, you know, mm. that sort of thing. That's why I always get like day in, day out. It's countless. Mm. So, yeah. Have there ever been any advantages to uh, having a deeper voice? I think sometimes if, you know, call centers are calling me and they're nagging me, I just tell them, you know, Lorraine's not here and that's the end of the conversation or, you know, Lorraine's in jail or whatever. And that's <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But uh, I suppose sometimes, you know, um, if they think they're speaking to a man, it sounds a bit more like, you know, there's a bit of authority into it. But then it's only when we get to the spellings, et cetera, et cetera, that we get into a bit of trouble. Mm. <laughs> and it, for people who haven't encountered this issue, what would what would you say the takeaway from what you've learned from how you've been treated and everything i think one of the things is like you know when i did my ted talk we just talking about you know people's assumptions because at the end of the day people make decisions based on their assumptions and those decisions affect us in different ways and you know if you're talking to people listen to what they're saying because if i tell somebody you know you actually my name is miss lorraine uh, two seconds down the line they call me mister mm -hmm. and i keep arguing but i've told you you know that i'm a woman so those sometimes we're hearing people but are not actually listening to people mm -hmm. and sometimes you know if people are telling us then we have to hear what they're saying and actually you know because it has an impact on people we're not just you know transactions that you know can go away we've we've got feelings and all that as well i thought um we could also discuss how our voices have changed and how we feel about them and to do that so i've been doing this radio show since 2006 um on and off <laughs> with resonance since 2014 but um here i've got me in um in 2007 uh it was this episode of very loose women where our dads came on so here we are <laughs> um and i'm uh lily and i'm quite frankly not so loose and how loose are you oh sorry this is my dad jean pierre hi i just uh, heard what loose mean in english yes i'm very 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 so you don't know me as Lily. I, I'll talk about this in a minute. But um, in 2015, I just got so fed up of being, uh, feeling very tiny all the time. And and Lily is my, was my nickname from when I was a kid, but I was born Leonor. And the abbreviated version of that is Leo. And I just really like the sort of androgyny of Leo. Until oh, yeah. 2015, I was going by Lily with my friends for most of the time. But I was very high pitched. I was very nervous. In the other extracts, I sound more awkward. And I just feel my voice has been on its own little journey. I trained as a teacher as well. And I think that lowered my voice a few notches. And then just aging, it gets deeper as well. And I've come to 
as you might have guessed in the fact that I do a radio show every week for no money, <laughs> I really like my voice. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've got, and by editing it, it means that also by listening to it, it means that I've sort of shaped it into sort of voice coach myself a little bit. So I was just wondering for everyone in the studio, um, how has your voice pitch changed in the last 15 years? And what do you think of it now? I mean, I imagine that mine... So 15 years ago, I was 10. Look, okay, Soila, <laughs> that question. <laughs> I was being large. I was also <laughs> expecting Flory to be here. So I imagine that my voice has lowered since I was 10. Um, but yeah, I don't think I have noticed a, a dramatic shift. But I, I have been very conscious about how I sounded for, I think, a little while. Because I remember asking my dad once I was like is my voice uh, is my voice annoying mm. and I don't know where that came from but I think I was very conscious about how I sounded mm. and then um you know in th in being so insecure you know is my voice annoying blah 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 um I don't really know anyone's voice is particularly annoying no unless like, it's attached to an actual person whose personality <laughs> I don't like well, but <laughs> so on this episode from 2007 we we used to have a two-hour slot which is too much for a radio show we all know that <laughs> Emma and or Catherine who who used to present the show edited it down to half an hour and I think I speak three times on the whole thing, which means my voice must have been very annoying for them to cut me out that much. And the bits they did leave in, I keep going up at the end. I'm really unsure. I repeat myself a lot and I'm not very funny. I think I've improved. I'll have to have a listen to these yeah. old shows. It's on uh, acast.com forward slash Braley Swimming. <laughs> you can listen to our archive and it's, it's called The Dad Special. Um, Sarah, have you got any comments on how your voice has changed? Um, well, mine's an accent thing, I think, primarily. And working in radio as well. I think it's changed because... And, and and I've really noticed it got, got, uh, getting lower in the last five years, particularly because I'm in my mid forties now. So it's, it starts to go down. Um, but and I is don't, that consciously or unconsciously? I think that's unconsciously. I, th I think it's a uh, it happens anyway, doesn't it? When as you age, your mm -hmm. voice goes lower. Um, but in terms of, uh, I think radio has helped me not sound so like I, I to the listener. I'm going to sound like a New Zealander, obviously. But if you hear a New Zealander who's just come from the country, their voice and my voice would be quite different. Mm. Um, and I don't go up at the end of my sentences as much as I used to, definitely. Mm. Um, but on Monday, I met up with a friend. Apparently, my voice just flicked straight back to that. Yeah. Going up at the end of my sentences? Code switching. <laughs> yeah. Has your voice changed, Lorraine? I think mine's probably gone a bit deeper. I think now I'm just at that point where my voice is my voice. I don't make any conscious moves to, to change. I just speak the way, you know, I speak. Mm. I, like, you know, I, I remember when I needed to get alone, I spoke in a high pitch for like, you know, five, ten minutes. It sounded ridiculous. And from there, just thought, you know what, this is my voice. It is what it is. I think it's probably just gone a little bit deeper. So God knows what's going to happen in a <laughs> few years' time. <laughs> for the insurance phone calls. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Your story made me think about my voice and my relationship to my gender and how they interplay. And I, as I mentioned before, how I used to go by Lily and I was very high pitched. Um, I identify as a woman and I definitely, but I, I kind of felt uncomfortable throughout my 20s. I'm 31 now being, I felt like I sort of failed as a woman because I wasn't super feminine. And I think like coming to terms with who I am has been also oh it's fine to be a woman in this way mm. um yeah, and I think yeah. part of that was being mm. Leo having a like this like I find my my voice has definitely gotten deeper and I've been very comfortable with that mm. um and and I think like that's partly thanks to being 
when I started being in a relationship with women and I was spending more time in LGBT spaces, you just get a diversity of like gender nonconformity and it just makes all of these options a lot more open. And I don't think I'd thought about it much uh, generally, but I think my voice has actually been a part of that in the way that has deepened. So I was wondering if any of your feelings around gender have ever interplayed with your voice at all or changed or made you reflect on that? I Obviously, think, yeah. yeah. I think for me, like, for example, you know, coming from Zimbabwe, uh, if I do a little sketch or whatever, a lot of the times, you know, you want to know whether or not it was funny, but you get, you know, who is she? What is she? Is she a man? Is she a woman? Has she changed agenda, etc.? So, you know, obviously, classically, a woman's voice is supposed to be more high pitch, and mm. I've always sort of like been kind of tomboyish. I wear a dress twice a year, you know, that sort of thing, but. I think for me, it's just more just accepting, you know, myself and this is who I am. And that's just, you know, where it starts and where it ends. Um, just because I don't like to wear a dress doesn't mean anything. Or, you know, I wear high heels for two hours in a year. You know, that sort of thing. But that doesn't, doesn't make me less feminine. I'm just Lorraine and this is Lorraine and that's the way it is. So I think I've just accepted, you know, myself for for me, really. So, uh, um. I don't know. I think I must do it unconsciously in a sense of I definitely notice when my voice has changed. Um, so when the pitch might go a bit higher if I'm on the phone um, or if I'm kind of calling up looking for information, like I'll, like when I'm in the doctors, for example, oh, hello, you know, mm. oh, I'd like to see the doctor. So it, it, <laughs> th- it definitely changes according to who I'm talking to. Yeah. And I think when I'm working and I need to phone people up and I'm like, you know, oh, my hi, can you... I go super deep and she's like, yeah. wow, your work voice. Um, I, I, and I sound really official, so mm, I think, mm. yeah. But I also noticed that my, I mean, Sarah, you're talking about accents. Mm. I, my accent changes too. Um, and I think this is because, so having been brought, kind of brought up in, uh, you know, West London, I have a very London-sounding accent. But mm-hmm. then I went to um, a private uni and I was there on a scholarship and I there was no one else who was like properly state educated there. And my dad would say, as I get, you know, spending a lot of time with that. Um, he would say whenever he used to, sometimes he used to walk and, and kind of meet me from uni. Mm. And um, he'd, he'd be like, oh, you've got your, your posh voice. Um, <laughs> so it would change um, when I would, you know, and I think it also changes on the radio. I think the way I talk on the radio is actually a little different from how I might talk before the show and things like that. So I definitely noticed those accent changes as well. So Yeah, I've been uh, told about uh, my voice on radio and how it sounds a bit more well to do, I guess. It's like your telephone oh. voice, your radio voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm with Lorraine in terms of it doesn't define me as, yeah. as, and I, I, I don't think I've consciously used my voice as some kind of it's tool. Just, it's just as yeah. it, it is as it is. And I think, if anything, I've probably trying to change my accent more just to be understood more than anything. Mm-hmm. And it's not about being... A woman or a man or mm. whatever. Uh, just one last question, um, because I'm French and I know that, I mean, I'm also French um, and <laughs> I'm also British. Um, but when I, in French, my accent is slightly British sounding. I don't 
feel that I have that much of an accent in English. I'm noticeably foreign, but people don't pin it on British because I don't have the typical accent that you have as a British person. But I go higher pitched because partly because it was a language that I spoke in my teen years. I spoke mm-hmm. French solidly from 10 to 17. Mm. And so I, and as a teenager, you are like less sure of yourself and slightly more high pitched. And, um, and I think I feel more uncomfortable speaking French because I'm just not used to doing it so much anymore. And my intonation's obviously changed because it's a different language. Mm. So I was wondering if there were any other aspects. So you've talked about your home voice and your... Home voice but if, are there any other aspects of your voice that change according to context? So also if you speak other languages, I, I, I mean, when I, I was told um, when I did my French A-level that I had... A, a generically sounding French voice and I thought this was incredible I was like what? I sound like a French person but then again you have I think what? yeah <laughs> and it's like um I think sometimes with other languages you don't realize how other languages also have accents mm. and, yeah, yeah. and so that was an interesting oh I sound French but what kind of French mm. do I sound um but that's Parisian, the only probably yeah, probably that's the only other difference I've noticed yeah. Did you have anything to add uh, on that question? So for me, like my language uh, is Shona, so from Zimbabwe. But we, we were sort of like a British colony, so we learned English, mm. like the proper English way. So coming to England and trying to decipher some of the accents was really, really... Yeah, <laughs> I, wow. I, I struggled, you know, but I now... I still put subtitles <laughs> on British reality TV. <laughs> oh, I, wow. On first dates, I have to have subtitles or I just don't understand yeah, a lot of yeah, it because yeah. I didn't grow yeah. up in this country. So, But sometimes, you know, because of the way I speak English, people put me somewhere where I was. Oh, remember in the 80s, we used to do this. I'm like, no, I wasn't yeah. here in the 80s. Yeah, people, people do that to me as well. It's like... Can you hear my accent? <laughs> uh, we're approaching the end of the show. Uh, Lorraine, uh, where can our listeners find your comedy and find out more about your work? So tomorrow I'm actually at the karaoke hall uh, in Dalston. Uh, we've got a comedy night called Fuck It Up. So F-O-C, fem- Females of Colour, uh, from 8 o'clock to about 10.30. So I'm on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Mr. Lorraine, so M R Lorraine, you'll find me, Google me. Yeah, thank you. Um, and you can still donate to support Resonance FM at resonancefm.com forward slash donate. So if you like what you heard this this evening, please go ahead. Thank you for tuning into Really Swimming live on Resonance 104.4 FM. And thank you so much, Lorraine, for coming on the show. We've thank loved having you. you on. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being here, ladies. Love um, it. This episode was written by me and co-produced by, by Soila. Audio engineering was done by Sarah at resonancefm.com. Thanks for contributing as well, Sarah. Um, our podcast is acast.com forward slash very loose women and a few other places. Send us post. We never get post at Resonance FM 144 Borough High Street. And please follow us at <laughs> VLW Radio. We're on VLW Radio on Instagram and we're on Facebook obviously up and that's it for this episode thank you very much and until next time good night